0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, sports talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. I feel like there's no buzz surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers right now, and maybe that changes. After game one against the Celtics, but because of the Flyers making a bit of a playoff run, because of the Phillies' frustration with the bullpen, it seems like the Philadelphia 76ers took a back seat. And isn't it crazy how this works? Ben Simmons gets hurt. He needs surgery. He won't be available for the postseason, and now all of a sudden, fans aren't as juiced up for the playoffs. You know how it is around this city, how many people think that Ben Simmons is just a guy, and he'll never work, and he's not a great player. How ironic when Ben Simmons no longer can compete Oh, the Sixers have no chance. Oh, there's no energy surrounding this team. Shocking. It's almost as if Ben Simmons actually means something. It's almost as if Ben Simmons is a game changer and can provide so much. That doesn't mean he doesn't have flaws. He has flaws. We know his flaws. But I'm making a point to all the Ben Simmons haters out there and all the people that want him gone and think he's horrendous and thinks that he's not some game-changing type player in this league. Obviously, he is. And to be honest with you, I don't know what to expect out of this team. The last two games in the bubble, you had a lot of play from the bench. I couldn't really get into it too much. I know a lot of people were reaching out to me saying, Broads, where's your post-game reaction to the game against Houston and, and to the game before that? It's hard for me to get involved. I was intrigued a little bit by the first game of just the bench because I wanted to see Matisse, Alec Burks, guys of that nature, but towards the end, when Embiid played a handful of minutes and then sat the rest of the game and, you know, the starters played the first half, but all of the seedings were already locked, it was hard for me to truly get into it. It was nonsense out there, in my opinion, so it was hard for me to dial in, especially with the other sports going on, so... With that being said, I was out on the Sixers for their last two bubble games. Didn't mean much to me. They knew who their opponent was, they knew the Boston Celtics were the opponent. The seeding meant nothing to that point. So anything that happened out on the court, it meant nothing to me. But now it all matters. Now the mindset changes. It's all on Joel Embiid. It's that simple. You're going to win games because Joel Embiid is going to have to dominate. Now guys like Tobias Harris are going to have to step up. And there have been moments where he's been aggressive. He's been way more aggressive when Ben Simmons wasn't available to play. So he took that initiative, right? He's been getting to the free throw line more. Tobias Harris is going to have to play a big role. But clearly it all goes heavily on Joel Embiid. And when you look at what the Boston Celtics have, they don't have legit big men that should be able to shut Joel Embiid down. You're going to see some different looks, I'm sure. Some double teams thrown his way, and at specific times. Maybe it's before he gets the inbound pass. Maybe it's as he gets the inbound pass. Maybe it's after he gets the inbound pass, and then he attempts to take a look to the basket. They're going to utilize the double team to make him feel uncomfortable if Joel Embiid starts to do his thing against some of their big men. You have Thice, you have Cantor. In my opinion, Embiid should be able to take care of business. It's about the wing play. It's that simple. The wing play for the Boston Celtics, they scare me. And I think without Ben Simmons, you're going to have some big-time trouble when it comes to the guys you can play from out the from the perimeter out and guys who can attack the rim. This episode of Sports Talk with Broads is sponsored, by the way, by Orbit Energy and Power. And with over 20 years of experience in the solar industry, they are home to your... Solar Experts. Their solar program helps eliminate your electric bill completely. They offer flexible financing solutions such as $0 down. Don't forget about water purification systems, backup energy services, battery storage, tree removals, electrical upgrades, and more. Visit their information. It is in the description. So, a little bit of news that came out today: Brett Brown didn't shut down the idea of Matisse Thibault being in the starting rotation, and the only guys that would make sense for Matisse Thibault to go in there would be Al Horford or Shake Milton. I don't expect Shake Milton to be the one out because then who's running the offense? It's definitely not Matisse, and it better not be Josh Richardson because I can't stand Josh Richardson being the primary point guard. So the only guy in theory that would legitimately make sense to me is Al Horford and. I don't think that's the right move. Look, I like Matisse Thybul. I think he can provide spark when it comes to that defense. I also know that he can pick up four fouls within four minutes, and he's very raw. He's got a role, without a doubt, and he's going to play some big defensive minutes. I'd rather see Al Horford. I'll take Al Horford right now against somebody like Jason Tatum, if that's the matchup that it's going to be. I'll take that right now and see how the veteran leader, the, the, the smart basketball player who's been around for a long time, and former team. Can do. I want to see what he can do against that matchup first before I make any decisions. If you have to adjust, then by all means, you adjust from there. But I'd rather stick out Horford in the starting rotation the moment he's been there before, he's played against this team, he knows the entire team, he knows their coaching staff. I prefer Al Horford. I don't want to go with Matisse Thibault right from the jump. Now, realistically, you're going to throw a lot of different players at a lot of different guys on the Celtics. You're not just going to have one player on Jason Tatum, right? Kemba Walker, he's going to be a bit of a nightmare. Josh Richardson on him, that's going to be effective, hopefully, based off of the size advantage, and maybe, and this isn't a hopeful thing, I don't want anyone to be injured, but I'm saying in terms of... This being a reality, Kemba Walker has had a knee issue. So the knee issue could possibly come into play. Maybe it becomes a problem for Kemba. I don't want that to happen. I want to beat teams because they're healthy and the Philadelphia 76ers are just a better team and they perform better and they come out on top. But that is a factor in this series. There is an issue with his knee. So, with Josh Richardson, when he plays to his ability, that's the thing. I don't know if he has played to his ability when it comes to his defense from the perimeter. Actually, I do know. I don't know why I said it like that. Of course I know. He has not played to his ability when it comes to the defensive side of the basketball. And going up against Kemba Walker is going to be a tough task. But I know when Josh Richardson does play his best game, when he does play his A game defensively, he should be able to give Kemba Walker a really tough time as well. So, Josh... Josh Richardson on him, and and that's another guy that maybe you can throw Matisse on when he gets some of his bench minutes. Um, Tobias Harris on Gordon Hayward, but maybe you can utilize Tobias on someone like Jason Tatum at times as well. You're going to see, I think, a lot of different players giving other individuals Some time on defense to see what sticks, to give them different looks. If Josh Richardson's good at one thing, but Tobias Harris, who isn't as good of a one-on-one defender but has a little bit more length, maybe Tobias can give someone a a tougher night based off the fact that, hey, well, he's a little bit longer. Or they just play these wings in a different way. Who's going to take on Jalen Brown? Is that more of a Shake Milton role? The top guys you got to look out for, obviously, Kemba Walker, obviously, Jason Tatum, and then they have Jalen Brown, and then they have Gordon Hayward. Like They have players who can score the basketball. They have guys on any given night who can take over and can score the ball and can dominate the game. Now, the Celtics have struggled defensively in the bubble realistically though, you take a look around the league and it seems like there were a lot of teams that struggled when it came to these eight regular season games. Maybe that has to do with the nature of it not being the playoffs, right? Because the playoffs intensify everything. Maybe it has to do with it's hard to fuel up your own energy. There's no fans in the building. There's no people screaming down your throats to get you pumped up to play defense. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I would assume once these games tip off and they know it's playoff basketball, that things would change. I watched that Portland Trail Blazers and Memphis game. Magnificent basketball game. Ton of fun to watch. Yeah, John Morant doing his thing. Dame Lillard, CJ McCullums specifically McCollum late in that fourth quarter making big time buckets on John Morant. The kid's going to be special though. Morant's going to learn from that moment without a doubt. But you did see a different style of play in that game compared to you know the nonsense eight regular season games where guys are just running up and down the floor and playing some pickup game like at my local park. So I will imagine it being tougher and People locking down more, slowing down the pace of the game, and it being a totally different vibe out on the floor. And, and I know this is something that I say a lot, but I do feel like it's important to mention when it comes to playoff basketball, it doesn't relate to regular season basketball. It doesn't. And because regular season is so long, people get sucked into that style of play, and they think that's what it is in the playoffs. It's actually an entirely different sport, in my opinion, when it comes to the pace of playoff basketball in the half-court sets. You don't get the freedom of running up and down the floor. You don't get those insane fast breaks constantly throughout a game. That doesn't mean fast breaks don't happen ever. Let's not twist my words. But when it comes to the style of the game fully, it's totally different. It has a unique style to it. And it's not the same as being able to go chuck up threes left and right insanely. And that's why I keep going back to Al Horford. And I feel more confident in Al Horford in this type of setting than I do in regular season ball. Because this favors his style, his age, and what he brings to the table when it's his basketball IQ. And when he utilizes his skill set to the slowdown game, I think it can help this 76ers team. I always questioned look, I think this team, the 76ers, are going to lose. I don't have optimism. Now, am I saying there's a 0% chance? No, I'm not saying there's a 0% chance. If Joel Embiid can take over this entire series, if Al Horford could be a difference maker, if Tobias can be a difference maker, if Josh Richardson can score buckets like he did against the Trailblazers where he scored 30-plus, if he can contribute offensively, because there's some nights where I don't know where the hell he is, and I don't know if he even played in that game, and then I see the box score, and it's like, what, Josh Richardson somehow logged 37 minutes? So if you get one of the other games from Josh Richardson where he's noticeable, where he does make some plays, where he scores the bucket, where he has a couple hot quarters, well then you you do have a chance to win some games. I'm not saying it's a 0% chance. I just don't feel confident that without Ben Simmons, they could get it done. Now maybe you look at this as a different scenario than I do, but with Ben Simmons out, could it be a positive? And what do I mean by that? That sounds absolutely ridiculous. Brad Stevens, he's the one that built the blueprint for Ben Simmons. Build that wall. I hate saying that. No, that doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Let's not go down that road. But that's essentially what he did, right? He built a wall off and Ben Simmons couldn't get to the rim. He couldn't get to the basket. Now take that off. Now clearly you lose a ton defensively. You can argue the best defensive player in the league when it comes to guarding one through five, even though he doesn't get the proper recognition. But you lose so much defensively, especially with a team that has so many great wing players. But offensively, will the spacing be different so much in a positive way because Brad Stevens doesn't have that wall that he once built to stop someone like Ben Simmons? Ben would stop in his tracks and look like that he was a Darren headlights, right? And that's why I'm so upset that Ben Simmons isn't getting to play. Because I need him to grow. I need him to develop. And the only way you teach yourself how to get better and the only way that you get to use film properly is if you take what you did in the prior postseason and you work on it in the offseason, and I think he loses a big opportunity, and that is scary in my opinion. But is this basing positive now on the offensive side to the point where... Maybe they can score more buckets. Maybe they can find a way to spread the floor out more and knock down some threes. Shake, he's going to have to knock down some threes. He's going to have to be a big part of this offense when it comes to spreading out the floor. I know people are screaming in Furkan Korkmaz's name right now, and you know me. I don't feel great about it. I just don't. And I hope he flips me off seven times after knocking down seven threes in game one. I really do. I hope he says, screw you, bros, you idiot. I can't believe you doubted me. But I don't feel that comfortable about his game. You're going to have to have the quickest leash on someone like Furkan Korkmaz. His defense is a big-time problem. Alec Burks. Now, I think you're going to see a decent amount of Alec Burks. He has shown, with the ball in his hands, he can get you a bucket. He has shown, if the offense looks stale a bit, he can find a way to get to his spot and make a bucket. Now, there's also times where he goes quiet. There is a time where he doesn't execute properly, and that's the reason why he's a bench player in this league, and this is who he is. But the the Sixers can totally utilize him, and I would expect for him to have some big-time minutes off the bench. I don't know if Mike Scott has a favorable matchup here. We actually had Mark Jackson of NBC Sports Philadelphia, the pre- and post-game show analyst, Mark Jackson, of course, former NBA player, was on 97.3 ESPN with Mike Gill and myself on the Sports Bash from 2 to 6 p.m. And he said he didn't really know if Mike Scott fits this matchup. Once it comes to the playoffs, it's all matchup-based. And with the wing play of the Celtics, does it favor Mike Scott, even though that he has shown he could play better than he did in the beginning of the season? Because he has shown that. Once again, though, I throw my hands up and go, do those games even matter? Do they mean anything? I don't have the answer. How much value can you put in there? How much value does the coach put in there? I don't have the answer. But he has been scoring the bucket. So can you criticize the man? I just don't know if this is a matchup for him. You're going to have to go more guard play. No Glenn Robinson third. That's going to be killer. Because he's someone, and I know he hasn't done it well here, but he's someone who can actually shoot the three, and he can defend better than Korkmas. And that's that's going to hurt you. Glenn Robinson III not being available for at least game one is going to hurt you. Now, support for Sports Talk with Broads is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. There is nothing worse than being in the shower before a date. You're getting yourself all ready. You want to make sure you're clean down low and you you find a way to cut yourself. And now you're all pissed off and it hurts and it doesn't feel good. But you don't have to have that issue with the lawnmower 3.0 because of Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. That stops you from any grooming accidents. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes. You have the LED lights, which you can utilize in the shower to get more precise trimming. How about this? A 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Trim that junk of yours. Your balls will thank you. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code BROD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code B-R-O-D. So in reality, there's two things that stand out to me when it comes to this. This game one at least. Because you're going to make adjustments and we'll know more once we see what Brett Brown's philosophy is going to be with the rotation and with defending and things of that nature. Joel Embiid's dominance is number one. He's going to have to be a lethal weapon. If they bring the double, find a way to pass out of the double. Okay? If they're going to swarm you and make you uncomfortable, find that open teammate. And then that open teammate is going to have to deliver. Right? Whether it's Tobias, Al Horford, Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, Moss, Burks, you name it. They're going to have to deliver. Right? No doubt. Two- You're going to have to stop these dogs on the other side. There's times where Jason Tatum has bad games, but there's also times where this kid is absolutely a weapon. And you're going to have to stop that. You're going to have to bring the intensity to another level when it comes to that defense. And we've heard, built for the playoffs 6 million times to this point. Now, you can't just not factor in that Ben Simmons isn't here anymore. That's a huge loss to what was built for the playoffs. But we were informed that. And it's time to put up or shut up. And it's not going to be easy. They're clearly going into this thing as the underdogs. You're down a big-time player like Ben. It's not going to be something that's going to be easy. But I wonder if, and then here's the little bit of optimism in me. I don't have much, but I wonder if feeling that underdog role, and I know we saw the Eagles do that, and I'm sick and tired of hearing the Eagles say underdog, 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 underdog every single year. But with the 76ers, I wonder if they feel a little bit of a, F-you type of mentality, if you will. You don't believe in us? You don't believe in Tobias? You don't believe in Al Horford? And and to be honest with you, I, I don't think I do. I don't think I believe in this team. But from them in the locker room standpoint, you don't believe in us? Watch. Say Joel has 38 and 18. Tobias has 28. Al Horford gives you 22. What if? What if they use the role of underdogs, you're counting us out because Ben's not here, to fuel them? Now, I don't expect it. I'm just throwing it out there because it's a scenario, okay? It's a scenario. I don't expect it to be that way, but who knows? I'm super intrigued to see how this team goes out there and fights. I'm super intrigued to see what Brett Brown does, what Brad Stevens does. I'm interested to see what what if the Celtics overlook the Sixers? Oh, they don't have Ben? This is going to be easy. And the Sixers take advantage of Game 1. It's a seven-game series for a reason. But what if it allows the Sixers to take Game 1? I honestly just don't even know what to expect. And I feel, because of everything else going on, and because of the injury to Ben Simmons, it's almost as if the Sixers are, ah, their background noise. They're background noise to the Flyers. They're background noise to the frustration of the Phillies. And it could change once the series starts. Absolutely. it all, It's almost as if, Sixers basketball hasn't been relevant in a week or so because of the fact that they locked in that sixth seed a while ago and you're playing meaningless bubble games with a bunch of bench crap. I expect it to intensify the conversation once things kick off Monday night and I can't wait. I can't wait to see what this team brings to the table. Oh, oh, how about this? I don't know how the hell it took me so long to talk about this. The wrist of Joel Embiid, the hand, the wrist, the x-rays. Don't think that's going away. You see him. You see him playing around with it. You see him kind of fondling with his arm a bit and testing it out and seeing what's happening. If a player swipes the basketball, come on. You'd be naive. To think that that wasn't going to be brought up in this series at some point, whether it's in the second quarter of a game and somebody swipes the ball away and uh uh-oh, there goes Joel Embiid back to the locker room to get things checked out. You know it. You just already know it that that is going to be an issue At some point, it's bothering him. It's clear that it's bothering him. It's so noticeable, you can't hide it. And if we can all see it, the Celtics definitely see it. And that's not to say the Celtics are going to try and hurt Joel and it on purpose, but I'm sure they're going to be a little bit active in there. That's just how sports works. I'm not saying they're going to have the intent to try and really take him out of the series by breaking his hand or wrist or any of that, all right? Let's not take it to the extreme. But if you know someone's banged up a bit in a certain area, you make it tougher on them. That's all. So I would expect the Celtics to do that. Oh, here comes the double team. Make sure you get in there a bit. Make sure you get in there. Be active. That's all. Can't wait, though. Seriously, I can't wait. How is this team going to defend? How are they going to be able to execute things offensively? Will the offense look better? Who's going to start? I don't want it to be Matisse. I want it to be Al Horford. At this point, I want it to be Al Horford. You need a veteran guy. I like Matisse. He's going to have a role. Okay? He's going to have a role. He's going to play important minutes. I don't want him to start. I want Al Horford in there. At least to start. And if it looks miserable, and it might. Okay? To be clear, it might. But if it does, then then from there you adjust. But I would at least give it that mindset first. Guys, been in the league. He's been in big moments, and he knows this team. And he's been playing well. He had one bad game, one, in the bubble. Other than that, he's been producing pretty solid basketball. Give him a chance. All right, we'll see. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the support. We're here. We're here at Sixers Playoff Basketball Time. Isn't that crazy? Thank you all so much, and I will see you next time.